welcome to Count Creepy Head Saturday Morning Monster Mash. Blah! <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to episode 24 of Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash, the Thanksgiving special, where Woo-hoo. we talk to you about something near and dear to our hearts. Howats, I just mispronounced that. Our <laughs> hearts, something I am going to tentatively title the Boogieverse. What's the Boogieverse? It's our <laughs> shared superhero universe. That us, as man-children, have made up in our heads over the years of superheroes, supervillains, crazy characters, superpowers. Because we're nerds, we consume lots of superhero media. Super it's the Boogieverse Thanksgiving Meta Giant Man Boy Special! <laughs> <laughs> of the stars! We love special! Starring Donny Osmond! We're going to talk to you about all sorts of special things. We're going to take you into a special world where we are all man-boy. We tell you a very special thing. We tell you about superhero. All the same superhero fly. We're going to fly around, be superhero. I'll tell you all about it. With special guest Ernest Borgnine. <laughs> and we just met our first superhero character, Josh's character, the racist stereotype. <laughs> <laughs> Who is uh, every racist stereotype ever? He's just all of them. Yeah, it's just a nondescript, like, racist accent. Well, to be fair, that would have shown up in the Spider-Man cartoon. So. (laughs) He's just like the Fisto toy. See, I'm absolutely, (laughs) once again, just borrowing from Matt and Trey and the the, the two uh, nondescript Asian uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God, I love South Park. We're going to talk to you about what close to your heart. <laughs> so here's what we're going to do. We are all just going to bounce around all over the place, no rules, no regulations, and tell the stories of our crazy superhero universes. And if we have time at the end, we are going to take people, frequent guests from the show, and make them into superheroes or supervillains. Sound good, guys? Absolutely. Oh yeah. How about now, do we have the technology to do this? Like, can we? Are are we actually like kidnapping them and strapping them into a machine for this? Because are I, we? I think are, are I you think asking, I might have given away that I'm I'm all like I'm I'm one hundred percent super villain on this. <laughs> well, are you I'll, asking? Are we going to take somebody from the show, tie them to a bed, and surround them with open microwaves? Yes. <laughs> I say, really, all we need is an open vat of chemicals and just drop them in. And I mean, awesome. Seacoast is right near me. So, you know, I've uh, got chemicals <laughs> in my apartment. So <laughs> all Josh is going to take some giant cat turds, some resin <laughs> and a microwave somebody's face. And we'll just see what happens uh, before we get rolling. I'm going to announce the last prize for the month because uh, I know everybody's excited. It's going to be the. Hold on, I want to make sure I get the title right. It is titties. It's titties, lots of titties. Yay! Warlord of of Mars. I will edit this. 
It is Warlord of Mars, Volume 1 and 2 from Dynamite Comics. The awesome adaptation of the uh, Edward Rice Burroughs, I believe. Some guy. It's that movie that came out from Disney with that dude with the face, the pretty face guy. And there's guys with forearms. Like John Carter of Mars. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that. That thing. I'm so in tune with superhero comics that I don't even know what I'm giving away. <laughs> <laughs> but you're going to get that. You're going to get some awesome pieces of Mike Alvarez art. And just to let you guys know, I changed up the potholders to give you guys a better selection. Just letting you know. So it'll be in the final picture, like and share, and you can get a bunch of comic books. So you guys want to do, do you each have an, do we all have a linchpin character, our Superman our oh, Batman yeah. of our respective universes. Yeah. So to mm-hmm. speak. Mike, do you want to start because you kind of, <laughs> I think you have the most fleshed out fun universe. All right. Uh, well, um, I'm glad we're, we're, uh, we're unrated now because this is, this is gonna, this is gonna take a turn. So in my late teens, early twenties, uh, when I was working at Wegmans, me and uh, my buddy Mike came up with uh, superheroes and we were trying to create a comic book uh, of just like random gags and, you know, like not a not a uh, like a full story, just little gag pieces like like Sunday funnies in a book. And um, we were trying to fill it out. So we were like, we should make ourselves into superheroes. And after quite some time, I just finally drew myself in a spandex costume with a sandwich emblem on my chest, a towel for a cape, dishwashing gloves over my hands, and I was known as Captain Fats. Uh, now, my buddy Mike, uh, he's, he, he was, uh, he had just come out of the closet at that point, so, you know, it was like we teased each other all the time, and um, we were talking about how he should be like a Robin character as a, you know, have the, the homoerotic overtones. And um, so his character became a very Robin centric character, but his name was throbbing justice. Now (laughs) we never pointed at it. You know, we never called it out. It was just very much the Robin character of the, the homoerotic overtones. (laughs) But, uh, you know, he was a legit, you know, superhero character. He's jumping around on the rooftops with me fighting the bad guys. And um, so, yeah, I, I was I was Captain Fats and, and he was my sidekick, Robbing Justice. And we were basically really bad Batman characters. And the way this actually came about is one day we were hanging out and he goes, what do you think people would do if we just started like showing up to their house like total strangers, showing up to their house, knocking on their door and be like, hey, we're here to investigate a mystery and just barged our way in. And I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, we'd be like the Scooby gang. And then eventually that became like, we're detectives. And that leaned into the Batman and Robin thing. So that's where that came from. But I'll get into the villains and all that after we kind of go around the table. So oh, I'll go next. And I think oh, it's a man that as we talk, we're probably going to like remind each other of things. So just bring it up as it comes into your head. So okay. before I tell you about my linchpin characters uh you reminded me of a character in the universe that's in my head that i don't share with anybody because it's really fucking embarrassing all of it um 
So there was a character that I was inspired to doodle in community college. So in community college, if you had to take a shit, the best place to take a shit was in the library. And if you went up to the very last floor, they had like the newspaper archives, like nobody went up there, but you could go up there freely. And that was the best bathroom because nobody would use it. So all the main bathrooms, there's a thousand people in there at all times. And there's always like, it was disgusting. You didn't want to go to the bathroom there. Mm. But if you went up to the library and like the dark recesses of the library, you could take a dump in peace. And on the stall in this one bathroom, written on the wall was the pink eraser erases homophobia. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> That's a really cool idea for a superhero. So the pink eraser became a really violent vigilante that would just kill homophobic people. Like, he was totally <laughs> counterproductive. He was like the Punisher. But if he killed homophobes <laughs> and, like, over-religious nutbags, they're like, gays go to hell! And then he would, like, scalp you. And <laughs> That's amazing. You know, like, the out of a toy. necklace. Yeah, like, just insane. But he was also insanely flamboyant. He had a big eraser on his head. He had, like, a, like a kid and play pink eraser haircut. Um... When I drew him, he had nipple tassels. Like, he was just ridiculous, but he was also incredibly violent. Uh, and then you said, what if, what if we solve mysteries? When I was a kid, I had an actual club that I started for us to solve mysteries. Like a Hardy Boys kind of thing. We called ourselves the Duder Club. <laughs> <laughs> and the Duder Club. <laughs> the Duder Club. <laughs> right, let me write this down. Um, oh. Duder Club. Uh, and our we couldn't find mysteries to solve. There weren't any. And it was me, my little brother, and our two friends, Dave and Jeremy. And we would just ride around our bikes looking to solve mysteries. We had like walkie-talkies that had like a five-foot range. And we solved a total of one mystery. And that was the mystery of Dave's sister smoking cigarettes. And it was no mystery. She just like, yeah, I smoke cigarettes. What of it? <laughs> <laughs> and we had an uh, like, we had imaginary nemesis as the G boys. We thought there was this gang of like older kids that rode their bikes around and started fires. Like we made them up. Like they didn't exist. <laughs> Anyways, Duder Club. Uh, so I have, yeah, two superheroes kind of like Mike. When I was in like second grade, first second grade. We had a writing assignment in school where you had to make a superhero or some sort of like fantastic character. And I was watching on HBO at the time. There's this TV show called Encyclopedia where each week it was a letter and they would like teach you all these like B words, C words, A words, whatever. And they had A was for amoeba. And I was like, okay, I can write about amoebas. I'll make amoeba man. And he was literally an amoeba in the shape of a man with the power to divide himself into smaller versions of himself, mm -hmm. like in the gate. That's actually and, kind of fun. Yeah, it is. Uh, the, I made a very bad comic of the Amoeba Man with a Toxic Avenger kind of origin where he's a janitor in a chemical plant where his job is to clean scaffolding above giant vats of chemicals. <laughs> like, like I, I just need to interrupt here for a second. I love the fact that both Hanna-Barbera and Warner Brothers, well, DC, but have lied to us so much in our youth that we actually thought, like, 
chemical vats were open at all times and that there was just <laughs> going to be mysteries to solve. <laughs> like, Yeah. Well, why wouldn't there be? <laughs> exactly. Oh, but I'm sorry. Continue. Mystery what happened to my two Star Wars toys that rode that sandworm. <laughs> damn it. Uh, <laughs> so there's a mysterious explosion and he falls into the chemicals and becomes Amoeba Man. And he's just around all the time after that. Every time I'm having some sort of comic booky thing in my head, Amoeba Man is there as a like Keystone character. Um, but that's yeah, like, to be uh, fair, that's actually a cool character. And he's just like half Simpsons, half whatever. He has a big single cell in his chest, like an amoeba would have, because he's just a big liquid sack, like a Gujitsu guy. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one is Mike Man, which is me, <laughs> um, which I did in high school. So in high school, for whatever reason, the high school that I went to had this thing where you could take a lot of classes. If you had like four years of science, four years of English, social studies, it was a different thing you would cover every year. So like one year it was supposed to be earth science, biology, chemistry, like they'd break it up. Mm-hmm. And they let you take them out of order if you wanted to. So your senior year would be easy stuff. So you could start hard and go backwards. And I did that with a lot of stuff. So in like my later years in high school, I was just bored because it was easier shit. And I was always in the back of this classrooms with like freshmen with nothing to do. Cause I, I figured that it would be easier in my senior year, not realizing that I have like nobody to talk to and shit like that. So I was just doodling constantly. And it's like, wouldn't it be funny if I was a superhero? And it's just like you, Mike, I was the generic spandex suit, a <laughs> big M on my chest Converse sneakers, generic superpowers, just like whatever fits the situation. And my weakness, my kryptonite is milk. Because I'm lactose intolerant. <laughs> um, do you guys want the whole story of the character? Or is that enough? I go for it. I think it's Yeah, fun. yeah. So... Mike, man, it wasn't like I came up with the story all at once. It kept filling itself out over the years. It's in a world where there's a bunch of superheroes already. Like, it's a pre-existing, like, this is DC Universe and I pop up in the 80s kind of a thing. Um, There are evil space monsters with, they look like half elephant, half red cyclops. This is the best I could draw at the time. And they have tyrant arms with, like, claws that come out of their hands. Mm Mm-hmm. If you can picture all this, maybe for the episode, we can need to doodle some stuff and I'll put pictures up. They go from planet to planet in outer space and they take over your planet. If they can beat your planet's champions, that's the rules. They're very big on rules like uh, in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And nobody has beaten them except for space Amazons from the planet Venus. They're the only ones that they ever lost to. And they're all women. That's another side. Blah, blah, blah. They get to Earth and they challenge all of Earth's champions to a battle. They say, if we beat them, we're taking over the planet. You're all going to die. And they kill all of Earth's superheroes at the time. All of, and all of my superheroes are very generic takes on other superheroes. There's a guy literally called Prerequisite Water Guy. Because <laughs> you have to have a water guy and plant guy and rock guy 
because every comic book company has that. They kill them all, and in 24 hours, the planet's going to be destroyed. Uh, so there is a retirement community for superheroes. The newer generation puts the older superheroes in a retirement because they're dangerous. Like, you can't have a 75-year-old Batman doing stuff because he's a liability. So at some point, that generation says, okay, you got to go. We don't want you breaking your hip. Thank you. You know, you can do autograph signings and things like that. It's up to these guys to figure out how to stop the bad space aliens. And they find me, a janitor, working at this retirement community. And along with these retired superheroes, they take me and they get Mel Mackians, elf, in my <laughs> imaginary world. Their planet was blown up by the evil space czar. It's the name of the race of these cyclop monsters. God damn it, I was not prepared to tell this fucking story. It sounds so stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't don't worry. <laughs> I get my superpowers as the last hope to save humanity. The Melmackians take me, and I get them anally. I get an anal probe. <laughs> <laughs> They're pressed for time because <laughs> the evil space monsters are tearing the planet apart. So they just type something into their machine. They don't know what to do for a specific superpower that they have this machine that gives you superpowers via your ass. So they just type in kick ass and I have whatever power can suit the moment at the time. That's what I'll do to save the day. And they throw me out there to fight their champion, Zarkon. And I'd never seen, at this point, I forgot that the Voltron bad guy was Zarkon. Mm. I just had it in my mind that there's these space cyclopses and they all have Zar as the first part of their name and then something at the end. So he's Zarkon. He has a brother, Zarswa. His dad is Zarkonis. I just, I went crazy. I fight him. Zardos. Yeah, Zardos. <laughs> so I am a new generation of superheroes, but all of the current generation is dead. And then other younger superheroes come out of the woodwork and blah, blah, blah. And then I didn't write comic books. I just would draw the comic book covers in my notebook when I was supposed to be taking notes. So it's all <laughs> my misadventures. Like, I get laser eyes one day because I get contact lenses. Nice. And that's the cover that I drew. Or me fighting a made-up villain. Zarkon, uh, a guy who tightens a belt around his head and makes his brain bulge out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll come back to the rest of the characters. Josh... Oh, see, mine, mine has, I, I think my most viable entry for this is, uh, it isn't so much that like I made up a story or made, uh, made a comic book for myself. I think the only like comics that I made when I was younger were all basically like three, you know, like three panel Sunday comics, like Mike was talking about, like none of them yeah. were ever really like solid or carried a plot or anything like that mm -hmm. um but there was a there was a period of time where uh i was i was living in new york city uh with an ex of mine and i it was a period of my life where where i was already kind of like not in a great mental state and i had for a long time made the joke that like 
you know, I'm living I'm living in New York City, so if if the day ever comes that I hear about someone going out into the city and fighting crime at night, I'm going to have no choice but to become a supervillain. <laughs> <laughs> and not too long after that, uh what's his name? Um the the real life super superhero in uh what was it Chicago? Oh, um uh Phoenix Jones. Yes, yes. Uh came onto the scene and started like fighting crime for real. <laughs> uh and then you know the the guy Rex Velvet came onto the scene and started like actually trying to thwart Phoenix Jones. But by Doing things like bringing the community together for real uh, and like funding neighbor, like actual neighborhood watch programs and like investing in the community. Right. <laughs> um, but he did it under the guise of being a real life super villain. And then it started to happen in New York City. And there was a small band of, like, real-life superheroes. And I I legitimately feel like I, I went a little bit crazy in finding this out. Because I decided that the only option uh, was to track these superheroes down and destroy them. <laughs> Uh, because that's such a stupid thing. Why would they do that? You know, they 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 saw everything that happened with like with the whole Phoenix Jones fiasco. Why would they do this? Uh, so I came up with a a supervillain, and my supervillain was, and this was partially due to the fact that these things were very much out of my control and it was very maddening uh, based partially on the Oingo Boingo song. <laughs> my supervillain was the controller. I was a mad scientist who sought to control my enemies by either removing their brain and altering it or altering their brain with some sort of technology that would put them under my control. So they could stop doing such idiotic things. Uh, but I did, uh, fun fact, I did actually uh, track track down the uh, alter egos of one of these people and, like, send them, like, supervillain blackmail letters. Like, I know what you do it. Like, I know what you do at night. Cease at once or the controller will find you. <laughs> Oh my god! And 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 I absolutely like one of one of them was a yoga instructor, and I absolutely left it pinned, like like taped to the front of their yoga studio. <laughs> <laughs> it oh was my just, god! It was just this like this big like poster board size message that was just like cease your cease your midnight actions at once, or the controller will end you. See me and Mike are over here, like making up make believe worlds. You're acting it out. Well, and, and, well it was it was much amazing. much to the unhappiness of of my my partner at the time, my my ex. She she like she was 
pissed. She was pissed. She was like, uh, there, there was a point where, uh, she was just like, I, I swear if you, if you engage in this stupidity again, I might be the one to call the cops. Oh shit. (laughs) And like, and the thing was like, I never, I never did anything truly violent or disruptive. I just like left vaguely threatening notes uh, at people's work, telling them that I knew they were superheroes. <laughs> there was something about that trend. I think it's probably still going on. Of it that is. Li- the real life superhero and the acronym for it, which I can't remember. Um, of it was always the same sad shit of like, I live at home. I wear body armor. And I have zip ties on my belt. My stop crime. There were no like real, you know, tried and true superheroes. There's nobody with superpowers. There's nobody who was like an insane martial artist. There sure as hell aren't any billionaires using their money to fight crime. No, no. It's just a lot of sad people running around in the street, stopping people who are like violating parking tickets and stuff. And yeah. it's stupid. And it's yeah. stupid. And I hate them. Very. <laughs> There was Josh, one. Oh, I fine. just I just sent you a picture of a uh, picture of the controller. It's uh, and you know the I think the most ironic thing about it is I've spent like the past almost two years looking like that whenever I go out anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this doesn't change much. Minus the brain in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> like that, that's that's basically just what I look like on any given day if I'm out of the apartment. I mean, yeah, now with the face mask, you know, <laughs> being necessary, yes. That's funny. Yeah. Oh, but man, man, that... It it genuinely... I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not one for the police. They're, they're mostly terrible. Mm. But... If you're if you're stupid enough to get dressed up in fucking spandex and wear a stupid belt full of zip ties and carabiners and carry like your home mixed pepper spray with you to take down the bad guys and think you're making a difference, fuck you. Yes. And I will people- I will find you. And I will end you. <laughs> There's there people were... out there with real superpowers, and they don't use them to fight crime. No. You know what I mean? Like, all three of us could be out there right now saving the world with our giant penises. Do we <laughs> yeah. do it? No. You don't see me swinging from the rooftops with my dong, clobbering I mean... bad guys. I'm out there, like, breaking up the fights at Kentucky Fried Chicken, hitting people with my dick. No, I'm a pacifist, okay? And people are just going to get hurt. To be fair, it's it's less of my dick and more of my nutsack. I mean, I have the giant pendulous nads, you know, so yeah. I, I can bounce right. around on them like Randy, but, you know. Are you going to go back to your old <laughs> moniker of hippity hop? Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> see, I, 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 I jump um... 45 feet straight in the air with the ball back. <laughs> and then parachute uh... down. Yep. It's like a flying squirrel. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
god. See, I on the other hand, I would I would use my giant dick for evil. <laughs> I was tapping people on the that. shoulder and then like it wasn't me. Dialing would, telephones uh, randomly, ruining everybody's pizza. I would <laughs> I would choke Aquaman to death on it. <laughs> oh, he couldn't would, call for help. I'd choke the Flash to death on it. Would you trip him? I'd choke Superman to death on it. <laughs> <laughs> this episode took a turn. <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> All right. How about villains, <clears throat> Josh? Oh, yeah. You are the villain. <laughs> yeah. Did Captain Fats and Throbbing Justice have an arch nemesis? Mike? They, they did. Uh, their, uh, their Joker was a failed German fashion designer who created the heroin chic look, which was popular for a hot second, and then stopped being popular. And he's still desperately trying to bring it back. Uh, he is known as the Emaciator. Um, his thing was he would kidnap people and starve them <laughs> until they could fit in his outfits. <laughs> and, uh, so of course, you know, that's Captain Fat's arch nemesis. I or, think I uh, worked with him once. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, probably, <laughs> um, but the, we also had, uh, our version of like the penguin that the crime boss type guy was a guy named Tiki Torch. He was um, a uh, Samoan crime boss who found a cursed tiki, which became his head. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. the, the curse was he now has a flaming tiki for a head. Um, I actually really do like the design for this character. He's just like this kind of schlubby looking uh, dude in like an open Hawaiian shirt with, with a wife beater and a gun. And he's got this flaming tiki head. I'm positive I've seen the design for this. And yeah, he's fun. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think early on when we first started working together, I was like, hey, I have this guy. It was like showing you random designs. Um, but yeah, Tiki Torch is one of those characters I've always liked. We did get dark at one point. We had a whole bunch of villains. Like, we had an entire rogues gallery. Um, we started adding in other side characters, like uh, our good friend Josh Strasberg, listener of the show. Um, <laughs> he, he used to joke about having a large head. Now... I don't think he's got a large head, but people tease him about having a large head. So we named Josh, him. It's okay. <laughs> we, My head's not yeah. big. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah. And we used to, I used to always tease him. I'm like, dude's ridiculously smart. It's, you know, it's to house all that brain. So we called him Dome Piece. And um, <laughs> he became our Oracle character. Now, with Dome Piece, eventually his neck got too weak to support his head. So we made a spider robotic body for him out of like Legos and connects. <laughs> so he's like the doll in Toy Story. Right. But, but it was like just dragging his lifeless corpse behind him. <laughs> oh God. But yeah, so he, he was he was our, our Oracle character. Oh, who's and, the guy in um the Hills Have Eyes remake that's like that. Like, his head is so... Oh, yeah. Can't hold he, it up. He's in that wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. This actually predates that film. Um, 
But then, like, like I said, we, we, we did get dark at one point. We had a series of S&M villains. Um, now, I can remember a handful of the designs. I can't remember most of the names, but there is one that sticks out to me. Now, this character did actually end up getting used in a comic script for a different comic that we wrote that unfortunately never did come to pass. But <laughs> it was a um, big, basically picture a leather daddy. Yeah. With an oversized fist. And his name was Fist Fuck. And he, he would do what you imagine. <laughs> And his quote was, all my bitches get the fist. You know, he would pair great with Leather Dolphin. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, yeah, it was it was disturbing. The one image I remember drawing of him, he basically looked like Fisto in, like, a Halford harness. <laughs> and he had poo dripping off his hand. <laughs> so... <laughs> It was disturbing, to say the least. Um, but yeah, we... Oh my god, we had so many random villains. I wish I could remember... We had this one Hulk character that was like a female Hulk, but she was like a hobo, and I can't remember her name. She would just get pissed off and like Hulk out and destroy things, throwing dumpsters at people. I had so a character random. that called Mega Bitch. <laughs> that was... I think we, a, I think we just called ours like Helga or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she was essentially just Giganta. Yeah. And she was mad that there was no other giant people her size. So she was always lonely and picking up superheroes and shoving, like, shoving them up her snatch. <laughs> because she was just like, love me. And then, you know, you're like, no. <laughs> do, do you guys, okay, did either of you ever read the Savage Dragon? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. Do you guys remember Heavy Flow? Oh, God. <laughs> no. She was a very large female supervillain who could blast blood out of her vagina. Holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, Eric Larson's twisted. You know, I know a lot about Savage Dragon by proxy because of my old roommate, good friend Doug love Savage Dragon, so I have like a lot from him telling me about Savage Dragon. I did not know about Heavy Flow. Oh, he's he's got a ridiculous rogues gallery. I'm seeing if I can find an image real quick to send to the group chat. <laughs> yeah, there it is. Oh, God. Oh, the sound effect in this image makes it so worse. Oh. I- I'm picturing... <laughs> <laughs> Brappa Lorch. <laughs> oh, God. They don't call me heavy flow for nothing. <laughs> uh, oh, the glob. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> oh, 90s comic books. <clears throat> but yeah, so. <laughs> but we, I also had uh, a handful of other sidekick characters. Like our one friend, Greg. Uh, we used to tease him about drinking too much, so we called him Beer Muscles. So he basically was was Popeye, where he would get his strength from beer instead of spinach, and he would just just get more and more drunk and whoop more and more ass. So you got you got to have. My brother was a character like that in my comics called Beer Nito. 
<laughs> where he had Magneto's powers, but it was just alcohol. <laughs> so, so he was he could control alcohol. He would surf around on a keg. If you drank a beer, he could lift you up and throw you. He was a raging alcoholic. Because at the time, my brother was a raging alcoholic. And how do so, we deal with this? We make jokes. Yeah. I made I him Bernito instead of having an intervention. <laughs> like, <laughs> he's fine now. He's completely fine. But as a teenager, he liked to party mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, as do a lot of teenagers back. You know, oh, you got yeah. nothing better to do. You drink. Uh, but yeah. Um, what characters did I have? So Amoeba Man's arch nemesis was the Paramecium. Because, of course. Right? Mm-hmm. And he was a giant pickle. With three eyeballs and a, a fanged mouth, tentacles for arms, and human feet. No legs, just human feet. Like a really bad 70s cartoon. Like, uh, Did you send us a drawing of this before? Yeah, during COVID, I was just doodling again. Yeah, okay. I was like, I remember seeing this, and I remember thinking it was cool. <laughs> it was one of those things like I doodled, and I was like, well, that's actually really cool. I'll make him Amoeba Man's arch nemesis, because Amoeba Man's arch nemesis before that was a guy like Josh who just killed superheroes and supervillains because he thought it was stupid. And he's, he's, he thought, like, <laughs> if you don't have superheroes and supervillains, you don't have Galactus and Thanos and all this crazy stuff. If they're not around, it's just regular mundane stuff. So anytime a superhero pops up, he tries to murder him. And he tries to kill Amoeba Man, but Amoeba Man's a giant amoeba, and nobody can figure out how to kill him. They're trying to stab him and blow him up and shoot him, and it's not working. And then all these other superheroes kind of come out of that. Um, there's wait. Let me just pause you for a second. That's actually a really fucking good idea for a serious comic story of the, the idea of like without superheroes and supervillains, the major disasters like alien invasions and stuff won't happen. This could almost be like a Dexter style story where you have oh. a <clears throat> have a character convinced they're doing good by murdering these people as they pop up that's the boys uh, to a degree i mean the boys are more or less getting revenge and keeping them in check they want to kill them all because they don't think anybody should have that much power well this the guy's show this guy's taking it even further by killing in the womb like as long as i'm <laughs> around there will be no superpowers because man is fully like capable of taking care of it of himself and the only reason the character even existed because i had i drew him with the ski mask because it was easier to draw a ski mask than it was an actual face Mm -hmm. because i hadn't mastered that yet and he was just evil and he wanted to kill all the superheroes that was also because i didn't want to draw any other characters those evil ski mask guy who liked to blow things up with bombs and suitcases no name for evil ski mask guy he's just always been around uh, there's Dr. Dino Soar, who is a time-traveling dinosaur. <laughs> so, meteorites coming, is going to hit the planet, kill all the dinosaurs. He's the smartest dinosaur around, a T-Rex. Builds a time machine and gets the hell out of there. Yeats, he's like, I'm out! Comes to present day, discovers that he has a, a niche market in Republican talk radio. So he becomes <laughs> a Rush Limbaugh Glenn Beck type of radio character who calls himself Dr. Dino Soar. Nobody realizes he's an actual dinosaur. <laughs> Hell bent on world destruction and, and causing turmoil and 
dividing the world with bad politics. And I always thought it'd be funny if you got one of these guys to actually voice the character in the cartoon. Like, how funny would that be? If Rush Limbaugh is voicing a giant dinosaur. That would be amazing. Um, by the time there's time travel involved, he pops up. Because he has a time machine and he's a talking dinosaur that's really into Republican politics and the right-wing agenda and COVID's not real. Whatever. Like, take your pick, but it's hilarious because he's a talking fucking dinosaur. Um, there's Dr. Mind Twister, who is essentially Dr. Mindbender, combined with the villain from uh, Wild Wild West with no legs. Oh, nice. Um, whatever. Kenneth Branagh. I always thought it was awesome, the effect of a guy with no legs who built, like, spiders and things for himself to ride on, but this is a failed mad scientist who's always hurting himself with his bad experiments. Mm. So... He's messed himself up so much, he's brain dead in a retirement community. But back in the day, he had a jet thruster for a lower torso that he would just fly around and set everything on fire. But in his mad scientist brain, he thought he was, you know, accomplishing great things. Um, what else did I have? I made my wife into a superhero character. Actually, mm. she's a supervillain that I fall in love with. But uh, she's the craft countess. So a uh, Scarlet Witch type of character who has all kinds of evil magic powers that she has to do via arts and crafts. Nice. So, you know, she can knit you something like a scarf, put it on and it'll kill you. She could origami actual weapons. You know, she can scrapbook your doom. Like that kind of like, <laughs> that's the extent of magical powers in my universe. Um, of any funny offensive stuff i think pink eraser is probably as offensive as it got for me i uh, see so we went off the deep end with like fist fuck and throbbing justice <laughs> i mean i had shit monsters i had a, a king Ghidorah that it was three dicks <laughs> <laughs> all right so yeah here's one i had uh Bernito is upset with the superpowers so he sleeps next to microwaves night after night to get superpowers he grows three dicks. They turn into King Ghidorah. And then he has to be stopped by the superhero team, the former child actors. Which I always thought it would just be hilarious with like Corey Feldman, <laughs> Sean Austin. Take your pick of like three other washed up child celebrities. And they form a Voltron robot and fight a giant three headed penis. That's amazing. And it was literally just me doodling a cover of a robot. And I had the splash panels with Corey Feldman, like, Feldman Lion, go! Um, yeah, Corey Haim was in there. It was the two Corys and everything else. I can't remember who the hell I picked. Um, that sounds like something out of uh, the comic book Deep Fried. Like, that that should be in there. Yeah. And, of course, Elf, because I love Elf. I just stole him and <laughs> put him in my world. Well, why not? Because... <laughs> It's so stupid. Let's have help. <laughs> oh, shit. I had a guy, my friend in high school, this kid, Tommy, uh, who was really big into weed. And he was Mike Mann's sidekick for a while. Um, and his name was Bong Hit Billy. <laughs> he, he had no superpowers at all. But he had a talking bong from outer space. They would always tell him the right thing to do in any bad situation. So aliens are attacking the planet. He'd be like, why don't you hide in the closet? 
and it would just <laughs> float around and sparkles would come out of it and he would just hide and smoke weed <laughs> like he wouldn't do anything <laughs> he would just had a, a talking bong and then the bong dies comes to him as a ghost and has sent him to planet Dago bong like in Star Wars there's all just pot jokes that's all he was uh, I think that's all I have off the top of my head because again I didn't prepare Josh give us more Oh, I, I I just went down a little bit of a rabbit hole that was a bit of a mistake. Like heavy trying... flow or real life superheroes? Uh, real life superheroes because Oh come on, give it to us. Well, I did a little bit of digging on uh the 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 group that I had found and uh they are still active, but all of all of the members that were active when I was living in the city are now long since retired. Uh that being said my my eye twitched a little bit when I discovered that uh, one of the founding members of this New York real-life superhero group uh, currently resides in Austin, Texas. He thought he was safe, Josh. <laughs> uh, she is apparently, in, she, apparently she's inactive as a superhero these days, but even still, uh, I want to make sure it stays that way. <laughs> also, um, I'm going to need to do a little bit of digging because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly sure the controller might need to come out of retirement because I think the controller has a new enemy. Well, Josh, have you heard about the controller's secret weakness? It's called sexual harassment. <laughs> so... Just be careful. <laughs> Please. Uh, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. Um, so apparently the, apparently the, the New York superhero initiative has, has branched off into several different real life active subgroups. Okay. Uh, I, I recognize one of the members it's 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 a toy maker and he dresses up with a mask goes out every night on patrol i don't know i don't know about i don't know about every night but um it it's definitely it's not hard to put the pieces together because the superhero name isn't that different from the toy maker name. Oh boy. And they're same build unquestionably, unquestionably, uh, thanks to the fact that, you know, I've seen them post selfies with like face masks on. Are these like superhero sister conventions or no, no, these are, these are like, people that claim they like go out and and stop like fights and rapes and serial killers and things like that is this todd mcfarman <laughs> by any chance no no this is but is this brandar from NECA? definitely not Sorry, I had no this is this is this is i genuinely recognize someone that's that's part of the real life uh, superhero 
collective that spawned from the New York Superhero Initiative that drove me in this direction so long ago uh, as part of the toy, as part of the designer toy community. Do you respect them enough to be like, let it go? Uh, it's it's someone that has actually reached out to me about um, connecting me with manufacturing people. So so part of me part of me wants to like get in real close to them and be like, I know your secret. <laughs> <laughs> or do they want to have like figures made of dark justice or whatever their sad superhero name is? We're all villains. Oh, oh god, it's, it's it's sad. It's sad. It, looking at it, it's just like. <laughs> we are all and, bad and guys and listed okay so like going going through this new york superhero initiative some some of these people uh i'm sure they're they're handling their own bios and everything but under under skills and abilities some people are putting down genuine things like trained as an emt stuff like that like stuff that is actual skills. Uh, this this person lists their skills as weapons crafting and witchcraft. Oh my god! Uh, so <laughs> I'm on their their wiki right now because you got me. I want to like. Oh god! Yeah, it's going after the Long Island serial killer. Isn't it? Isn't it like painful to to see how seriously they take themselves? God. I don't want to say any of these names because I don't want these people to think I'm calling them out or draw attention to it. Oh boy, former member. Oh wow, which former member? No, I don't want to say these names, but like you guys really need to get more creative. <laughs> uh, I I will say that. Uh, one of the one of the people who uh, I was able to discover the identity of and and left a few notes for uh, sounds like they should be a transformer. Okay, I know exactly who that is. Yep. Let me just take a yep. look. Uh, okay, let's. Uh, oh, for the love of God. They don't even try. Right? So I'll just describe what this person looks like. I'm not going to say names. You've got camouflage pajama pants. Gauntlets. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, utility belt that looks like it holds a Capri Sun and some cheese sticks. A paintball <laughs> mask. And a puffy jacket. And just your, your generic run-of-the-mill New Balance sneakers. Let's take a let's look at some pictures of them I, posing the uh, people outside. Now, Everybody I, has the same look of black mask, gloves. This one guy was like, at least he gave himself a logo on his belt. If you're gonna go, like, go all out, dress like an idiot. Okay, look, here's a ninja. <laughs> now, now you you want to you want to have a good laugh about uh, Mister Mister Generic Ninja Transform Transformer Man? Yeah. Ask me where he worked. Where did he at work least at? at the time? At the time, where did Gobot work? He worked at a Jamba Juice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I didn't 
I didn't necessarily leave him any notes, but I would I would regularly go in and be like, "Hey, Gobot, can I get this drink?" And you like you'd see him like get all stiff and just like kind of look down and be like, <laughs> "So these guys or like." Or, like, if he was at the register, it would just be like, Hey, GoBot, what's going on, man? Really loud. Like, making sure everybody in the place heard me and knew who he was. So, these guys made trading cards for themselves. Oh, man. Yeah, no. That's um, okay. I, I, can't, I can't honestly say I have any, any sort of uh, true, genuine current animosity for for any of them other than being like come on guys you're ridiculous but at <laughs> at the time the sheer fact that they were going out and being this ridiculous made me genuinely angry <laughs> <laughs> like it was like i i would like there there were definitely points where i would mumble to myself and be like fucking vigilantes thinking they go out and doing any good putting on their stupid little outfits pretending to play hero thinking they're making any sort of difference like they actually are i'll show them okay so i'm looking at a guy right now looks like a complete moron he's owning it though like he's just like my my outfit is just stupid he does homeless outreach so he goes out there and gives blankets to homeless people, and he dresses like needed. But you know what? That's something that most people don't want to do. So yeah, you know what? That's that's a hero. Good right. for you. But posing next to the guy with the video game mask. Uh, all right. Go, you know what? Going out in costume on patrol, thinking you're going to stop crime because you're what dressed like an idiot. <laughs> there is a uh, well at least there was a documentary on netflix i don't remember the name of it yeah it's um pretty sad it, yeah yeah it is but there was the one dude on there that they talked about who made like taser gloves and i'm like that can't be legal <laughs> like, how about just... like here's here i am my superpower is i look horrifying naked <laughs> so i'm gonna walk around nude and show everybody my floppy parts, and you're gonna run away in terror. I say no one can commit crime; they're too busy averting their eyes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, everyone's okay. gonna listen to this episode and think I've, I've, I've like cracked. They're like, you're gonna go out there and kill people. As <laughs> if no. Had Saturday morning monster mash is full of super villains. Wait, hold on. You, you kind of broke up there. What was that, man? I said, to the surprise of no one, Count Creepyhead's Saturday Morning Monster Mash is full of supervillains. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, my alter ego is just kind of, you know, bored. <laughs> well, we got a guy who eats sandwiches. Yeah. You got the controller who wants to remove everybody's brain. And you got me who turns into a werewolf, murders families, and eats their breakfast. <laughs> so, you know. Oh, the breakfast <laughs> werewolf. Oh, let's have some fun now. And I'm sure we have lots of more characters, but we don't have to get bogged down in that or our hatred of real life superheroes. Let's make our friends into superheroes. I'm thinking of three people. Maurice, Susie, and Dawn. 
It can be villains or heroes. Let's have fun and try not to get murdered by Dawn. Let's <laughs> walk like every episode. Let's walk up to that line and kind of poke her toe over it and then run away screaming. See, I think <laughs> my my thought for Dawn isn't necessarily like a hero or a villain. It would be one of those sort of morally ambiguous characters that isn't necessarily omnipotent, but uh, think think Mr. Universe in uh, Serenity. Okay. okay. I was thinking like, of... Has, has knowledge of everything, but doesn't necessarily care to help. Okay, yeah. I was going to say a haunted refrigerator that talks because she's always making jokes about a Punky Brewster refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> so every time, you know, she just shows up, there's Google eyes on it, and the door opens when she's talking. She could eat you. Maybe there's like a portal to another dimension inside the refrigerator. Maybe it's like the TARDIS. It's just full of goodies. <laughs> Maybe she's going to hear me call her a refrigerator, and then she's going to go break a bottle and just start walking towards my house to jab me in the neck <laughs> and kill me. I, oh. <laughs> oh god see when when josh when you were describing it i was picturing like the watcher you know like oh yeah just, like like she watches but yeah i'm not gonna intervene fuck that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's her superhero name fuck that <laughs> see i could i could absolutely see her like giving the watcher narration too and just being like oh look at this alternate universe in this alternate universe, nah, I'm bored. Let me go look at another universe. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> this alternate universe kind of sucks too. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, I'm gonna go watch the original universe. I'm just gonna kind of poke at people. <laughs> this universe is full of robot zombies, but nah, this one's got cats. <clears throat> Fuck that other one. This universe, they like peanut butter cups. Fuck them. I'm going to that universe. Okay. See, I'm Don, going... Don, you're not a haunted refrigerator. You're a giant-headed, omniscient, omniscient creature from another dimension that watches down upon all of us and doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I'm going to be totally, totally ridiculous, and also, uh, I, I'm going to, as the controller, um, I'm going to clone Reese and use him as my henchman, so I, oh. I can... Hello? I, ca I don't know if it was me or you guys, but I, I completely lost you for a minute there. Yeah, you, you cut out, Josh. Go ahead. One more oh, I said, I said, I want to, I want to claim Reese as a henchman for the controller. Uh, that way I can clone him multiple times uh, and sick a flock of Reese on people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's amazing. I so had... Reese would be like multiple man, only, only goons. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had a character that I just remembered had a magical sack full of kittens. <laughs> She would clone them, so everything was she would. She was called the killer kitten. She would throw cats at you from her magic cloning cat sack. So it was like Iceman, but cats. 
I imagine surf everywhere on cats <laughs> and like make ropes out of cats. Anyways, okay. It sounds like this is very different from the character Endless Pussy. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> that's probably a better name than Killer Kitten. <laughs> <laughs> See, I always pictured recently like giant. Every universe has a guy made out of rocks, like concrete or thing. Bad rock. Bad rock. But he also Korg. does strength, and he always just kills everything. <laughs> accidentally. Like, just, yeah. just an accidental mass murderer. <laughs> like, I can totally picture Reese being like, oh, oh, man, I'm so sorry. Yeah, like, he just stepped on a grandmother or something. Like, up, oh, ooh. Go, goes yep. to sit down, sits on, like, a park bench of old people. Like, oh, man. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> well, at least they were going to die soon anyway. <laughs> goes to eat lunch and it's actually people he's like oh shit <laughs> like not again I was going to ask her on a date damn it it tastes great though <laughs> a little mayo you know <laughs> <laughs> oh I love Mexican food you know I, I feel like uh, Susie would be a character like the Banshee um you know, but it would be songs. Oh man, so, I don't want to go there. Was <laughs> it well, for us making fun of her singing voice? Oh no, no, no! I'm not. I'm not talking. About, I'm just saying, like her, her power would be like her singing voice. Does she like make your head explode? Like scares? Yeah, I, I think it would. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, it, depending on what what she's singing and what pitch, and yeah, I feel like. She could do stuff like deafen you, make your head explode. Maybe do like a siren thing where she could control your mind through songs. Yeah. You know, you should call her. What's that? Ma Green. Ma Green. <laughs> a bad garbage belt kid name. Oh, God. That's good. Because <laughs> you can't help but associate Susie and migraines. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Ma We're not blondes. <laughs> Makes your head explode. <laughs> oh, definitely scanner style. Morning and I walk outside and I take a deep breath and I get real high. Take a top of my lungs, what's going on? And then you just, just your nose bleeds, your eyeball pops out of your skull. <laughs> it's Michael Aristide scanners. <laughs> oh, I love that scene. You know, that movie takes a participant, like a, a precipitous, it just takes a downturn. And oh, like, yeah. It peaks right there, and then it just gets weird. It's a great movie, but it's like, you want more of that. Yeah. You want more of, like, Michael Ironside looking like a ball sack. <laughs> and then it, it kind of goes in, like, other weird territories instead. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's one of those movies, and I know we're kind of getting off topic here, but that's one of those movies <laughs> that happens a lot with 80s films where there's one scene that everybody's like oh that was so cool that was so great and the rest of the movie is very forgettable you know that's kind of how i feel about scanners it's like it's a good movie i like it but that's the scene that i always think about it ain't no scanner. yeah yeah all right <laughs> i challenge you guys if i'm making my wife make up my wife my wife into superhero, 
Josh, can you make Ruth? Not that she listens to the show. Oh, man. Or would you have, like, Dr. Mew, like, Battle Cat? <laughs> you know, I think that, I think, I think it would almost be a, oh, man, that's such a tough call between uh, Mew and Vincent. Why don't you just have them sewn together as a two-headed cat monster? It makes giant uh, Well, see, I feel like I feel like Vincent is like the very typical like James Bond lap cat villain type cat. Okay. Where I would like I would sit in my chair behind a desk and explain my master plan to control the brains of the superheroes as I gently pet Vincent and he sits happily listening to my plan with glee. <laughs> Uh, and then if the person, you know, tries to escape, it's this then that simple moment of like Mew attack. Yeah. And then Mew Mew will eat them. <laughs> Mew would be the oversized giant monster cat. Uh yeah, no, that sounds right. <laughs> nice. Like is the idea of making your wife into a comic book character ever cross your mind? Uh, actually, she was a comic book character in uh, in two comics that I was working on. Um, this this is going to be a very long long story, so I'll try to condense it. Very but cool. uh, the uh, the one the one comic I had uh, was called Dreams of an Insomniac, and it's it, again based on my obsession with the idea, the myth of the boogeyman, all that. I had a character, uh, Jeremy Fugue, who was actually the son of the boogeyman, uh, but he didn't know it. And uh, so he was part human, part like dream demon kind of thing. And um, so he's the, the main character is basically the main villain of the story. And she I forget the name that she chose, but she she chose her character's name. But it was very much like a Willow from Buffy type of character uh, where she was always like looking up information on like these old like mythos and, and mystical beliefs and all that kind of stuff. And finding like ancient witchcraft to like help the main character, so it, it. I mean, she already was a character in there, and then she was herself in a graphic novel that I uh, was writing. That actually is how I proposed to her. Um, God, I'm fucking nerd. But uh, <laughs> it's uh, it was a graphic novel, kind of laying my life bare, like all of my relationships, like nothing to hide. Here's here's all the baggage I carry. Um, and it was called I'm Surprised I'm Not Gay. Um, because <laughs> some of the uh, relationships wow. I had, I was I was ready to bat for the other team, let me tell you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so, um, but she was a character in that, too. <laughs> All right, so, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> the gist of this comic is you propose to your wife by saying, hey... Because of you, I'm not gay? No, 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 no. Okay, the, like... The right. the comic uh, was literally all of my relationships. So it was... It was a picture like High Fidelity, where it's just one bad relationship after another. And, like, you know, yeah, the, the guy... The guy definitely fucked up. Like, and I basically showed, like, here's my baggage. Here's how I fucked up. Here's what I learned along the way. Here's what was done to me by horrible people. <laughs> like, so, and it was done in a comedic manner. Like, it was, it was written in a, in a, you know, narrative form. 
And um, I had like there were these little interstitials where it would be like my brain and my dick inside my body arguing. So it would be like, I know I shouldn't go through with this, but of course, you know, the dick is in the control room piloting the body. Um, so it was all of that. Like she got to see basically why I am how I am. <laughs> and then the final chapter was me kind of learning to be human again, <laughs> like learning to be a good person. And a lot of that was because of her. So it was it, me kind of laying that out. And then, you know, she turned a page and then there was a drawing of me down on one knee proposing. And when she pulled the page back, I was down on one knee proposing. So. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Mike, you really went out of your way to propose to your wife. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the, the comic, it, it's it started off, honestly, just as like a therapeutic way to like empty my baggage mm -hmm. to like get over the shit that happened to me. And um, because she was kind of cheering me along the entire way, you know, and like, you know, she was responding to it in such a way where it was like, you know, wow, she's not judging me for the shit I've done or have been through, you know, and it's like, huh, all right, you know, and then and slowly the comic started to take a turn into proposal territory, and that's where it went. What a great note to close on. We just, we, the ups and downs <laughs> of this podcast, we end with Mike's heartfelt love letter to his wife. Yeah, that, that really is like, yeah, that's a great up note to end on. Why, thank you. Gosh, you want to ruin it? <laughs> Tits! <laughs> <laughs> Sniffing cocaine off tits! <laughs> yeah, that's what I like. Your tits, marry me! <laughs> I gave Beast Man a pinky swear! <laughs> I thought that was going somewhere else! <laughs> Uh, a pinky swear is when I put my pinky up Beast Man's butthole and make him swear. <laughs> In this case, where... I dialed O on the orange telephone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I could easily uh, ruin this by <laughs> giving you guys the opening um, paragraph of the comic. You know what? If there's ever a reason for your wife to listen to an episode, <laughs> this would be the one. Yeah, yeah. So don't ruin it. <laughs> um, I'll tell you off the air. All right. Well, guys, <laughs> this has been a very weird, very special episode about some superhero characters. And we'll have some doodles for you, maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. We'll see how active we are because it's Thanksgiving week. And we all got to make food and get fat and... Do all that Thanksgiving stuff and watch Thanksgiving because you have to because it's Thanksgiving. Blackmail real life superheroes. Josh has to go on his crusade of ruining the lives of real life superheroes because nobody's out there doing that. They're doing it to themselves. Josh needs to kind of help the process along. They're stupid and I don't like them. <laughs> there you go. That's fair. That's that's the politest way to put it. Uh yeah, they're they're stupid. I don't like them. Uh, and the easiest way for me to not set them on fire is to just like leave silly, angry notes and be like, "I'm gonna get you." <laughs> so if Blade Shadow or Skull Laser or whatever turns up dead in a canal, 
It wasn't Josh. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I, I don't I don't really want them dead. I just, you know They want, aggravate Josh. They they aggravate me and uh, you know, I'm gonna go so far as to say like if I can get them arrested, I'm not gonna hesitate. <laughs> <laughs> Josh is going to take his time and make some community outreach to write letters to these guys to say you suck. Yep. And to close the show, Mike loves his wife. Indeed. And babe, I know you listen. I love you too. I just. Uh, I know. I know. Ruth is in the other room. So uh, hold on a second. Hey, Ruth, I love you. <laughs> uh, she hollered back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna say, hey Ruth, Doctor Mute took a huge shit again. <laughs> uh. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Have a happy Turkey Day. Uh, this will probably come out on Thanksgiving, and nobody's gonna listen to it because it's Thanksgiving. But maybe there's like a a long haul truck driver out there that's in his truck, lonely, nothing better to do. Listen to this show. So if that's you. Happy Turkey Day. And if you're a superhero named after your truck, you're stupid. Gobble, gobble. Gobble, gobble, motherfucker. See you guys later. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) See ya. followed you before. I haven't the time for it. No, Count. Not even you will remember that you spelt Creepyhead with a K to avoid being sued by Play-Doh. Count, Facebook and Instagram likes please you, so grant me my friend request. And if you do not listen, to hell with you!